do not reflect those of the Evening Rush Network. Viewer's discretion is advised. Let me explain to you the reason why I am the way I am inside your tainted views. My failures and my victories. Situations that I learned can trigger me. Decisions that I've regretted instantly. Ways that I've grown and how I move differently. Listen close if you're into me. I'm guarded. I'm open. I'm struggling. Making the adjustments to this new dating world. That's Yo, first I'm going to ask this question. Why do we still have Mac on the intro? <laughs> That's how you start the show. That's how you start the show. Bless now, what's, the... what's going on, y'all? Welcome to another another exciting episode of the Rels Relaxation Hour. I am Rels, as always, joined by my host, my brother, my confidant, Blacko himself. What is going on? What's going on, my brother? Chilling, chilling. You know, as you know, started a week. You know, the work week. Nothing crazy. What's going yeah, on with same, you? Same here, brother. Same here. Good. Uh, good evening, Auntie. Um, hey, how you doing? When you get a chance, oh, when you get a chance, uh, can you check my um the voice note that I sent you? Um, but yeah, so how's everything going with you, Black? How was your weekend? Weekend was I. I don't remember what I did, but it was I. <laughs> sounds you like <laughs> sounds like a sounds like an exciting one. No, no, no. I kept actually, you know, I kept it cool. Kept it relaxed. You relaxed this weekend. I got the, you know, you know, it was a quote unquote rain all day the weekend, so I didn't really do too much. Saturday, I went out, you know, chilled the kids. They, you know, they had me all around Connecticut going crazy. Sunday, I just relaxed, man. You know, I was waiting for that big rainstorm. Ain't nothing happened. Shit didn't happen at all. <clears throat> Shit happened at all. Uh, but for, as far as me, um, my weekend was pretty good. Um, I'm on vacation for two weeks. Thank God. Yo, no lie. It feels like the last two hours of work feels like it takes forever when you know you're about to start a vacation. Oh, of course. It's always like that because, you know, you know hey, anyway, how you doing? You know, you know, as as things go, <clears throat> work, they know you about to chill. They know you about to go vacation, so they're gonna make you try to do all types of things. Hey Laura, how you doing? What's up? What's up, Laura? Yeah, Shit. I know. For sure. Just felt yo, so it just felt like it was like it was like two o'clock and I'm like, yo, I got two and a half hours left. Yes, and two and a half hours felt like three and a half hours. Now I feel like that every Monday though. Every Monday I feel I get to work and it seems like it takes all day. And it's like a continuous routine with me coffee get my work done lunch and i'm just like damn i still got time to go but the only good thing about today was they sent the email out saying we got juneteenth off well that monday oh, i was about to say because it's on a sunday right yeah all right so did you i know i know it was like a late holiday last year but did y'all get it off last year now nah, last this year will be the first year we doing it oh uh, yeah the post office cock blocked on it last year too they, they, they threw the only excuse out why they couldn't give the holiday too well, you got to figure now is they have to give it to us because, for one, you know, Martin Luther King Day, but what a lot of people don't know, they view that as a black person's holiday. Um, oh, excuse me. A black and ethnicity holiday. And honestly, that's not true. Like, that shouldn't just be our holiday. That should be everybody's holiday. But they view it as you know, the holiday for blacks. Well, you know, certain states don't celebrate it. That's very true. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Arizona's one of them. And Texas, yeah, I think well, Texas. I mean, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I think Texas last year they was trying to get that um, abolished. Then you know, look at Black History Month. Black History Month, we have no day. We got what was that President's Day? Yeah, so it's still something. We're still sharing our month, and it's still the shortest month of the year. Exactly. So we really have, technically have no days, but you know, Jewish people they have multiple days, especially in September, April. 
Yeah, the school year starts. Yeah, the school year starts on a Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. You be off because of the Jewish holiday. Look at even Chinese New. My son was off Chinese New Year. I was like, what the hell is that? I was lost. Really? I didn't even know they had the holiday. I didn't even know there was an yes. actual day off. Every every nationality now has a holiday where the school system be off, except mm-hmm. for now. Us as blacks, we have it. We have a Juneteenth. Now, do I know the school's out? I have no idea. Mm. But Juneteenth falls like it is crazy because it falls for school, at least for like the school year. Juneteenth falls like at the end of the year. So it's like almost it's like what's the sense of even having a day off? Because pretty much the kids are pretty much done with school anyway. That's pretty and, that, and that's very true. But actually, you know, since the whole um COVID thing last year, school school year has actually been extended in certain places. Oh, well they they flipped it now because now with school years, like if it's a snow day, they just have kids remote learn. Nah. So yeah, no, I read that they they're, they're going to do remote learning on the days when there's school day, on snow days, so that way there's no um days missing. Oh, Connecticut pushed school year back because Connecticut, matter of fact, usually Connecticut school year is usually over beginning of June. Mm-hmm. Now it's over at the very end of June, so these kids are really only technically got a month and a half of summer now. Yeah, yeah, you tell me about the school closings. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm gonna start giving her credit for my school closing updates. Listen, man, you got to, man. You, know, you got to keep on your current events, man. Keep it especially keep on that. And speaking of the current events, you know, I was looking at um, I seen I seen something, you know, like I told, I think I told you last week, something that baffled me when I was talking about the whole the gas inflations, man. Like they told me I was gonna keep rising up. And I get, I'm getting to the point, man. Listen, the train's looking like this way. Is that, bro? I spent eighty-two dollars on gas. I'm sorry, eighty-two dollars on my to fill my tank up. And Wait, I don't get me wrong; I have a pretty big tank, though. So my car, my car goes like seventeen gallons. So if I fill it up, I don't have to fill it up for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks, if I'm just going to work and back. All but right, like, so I'm about to ask you that. Yeah, yeah. If I'm just going back and forth to work, it's like two weeks it takes me to fill up. But okay. still, eighty, eighty something dollars—that should hurt. Just looking at it. I mean, at the end of the day, like I mean, we have to expect and expect inflations. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen every ten, fifty. We just got so spoiled you that didn't happen. Like, you gotta look at the food inflations that happened. You got the gas inflations. Like, hell, even it struck me the hardest when we got the video game inflations. You know, I'm a gamer, so it, it, it's gonna happen. The crazy part is like, you see the shit. She's like, she's like, good day, New York for me. So, um, um, it's crazy because like at the end of the day, like, is it really gonna stop us from doing what we gotta do, no matter how 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 high the prices are? Like for you, it's easier for you to commute, drop, um, taking a train. But it's but it's also a dangerous thing at the same time because it's I mean, just like, it's easier for you to commute by train, but safer for you to commute by driving. I'm gonna be very honest with you. You know, since we're talking about this, you know. You know, usually we have our guests on the shows. You know, we, we talk to our guests. You know, now it's just me and you. So now me and you, we're having our, we're going to have our own conversation with what we got going on. Mm-hmm. Now, my morning commutes on these train rides, Um, I'll be, on, I'll be at on edge. Before I used to get on the train, I used to get relaxed. Probably even put my hat low, go to sleep, whatever the case may be. I used to be tired. Now I'm on these train rides, and I'm always on alert. If somebody moving funny... I'm looking at them. It's my look funny. I'm looking at them. Like, I'm just always on edge. And honestly, that's not a great feeling to have. So, yes, I can drive to work, but at the same token is it'll take me too long to get to work. 
because yeah. you, you know you drive. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So from six, literally from six thirty to about ten, driving to Manhattan is one of the, some of the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. And let's not talk about coming home from the <laughs> Yes, because when when you're coming home, I'm going uptown, so I see it all. Yeah, so you say the worst time to drive home from downtown is about what from about four to about seven. Give or take? Yes, like it rush out in general. Because remember, you got to figure it out me and you, like you know, you we in the we Bronx guys. <laughs> Katie's we like, live. Katie's stupid. He right, but he's stupid though. I wish it was like Streets of Rage. I could let I me. Mean, I could wash my ass and go about my day. <laughs> you know the crazy part is crazy. right. The mm-hmm. crazy part right about you saying like you got to feel like you're on edge when you're in the train station, right? Mm-hmm. The bad thing about that is that you might feel like you're on edge, right? Mm-hmm. And but you're just on alert. The next person next to you might feel like something's wrong with you because you're on edge, and that can be an issue. Oh no, no, no! But see, one thing about me, like, 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 you're absolutely correct. If I was one of those fidget, I, I don't like the fidget. I don't like people. I don't like people to fidget around me. So I know I wouldn't want to get off that energy to somebody that's sitting next to me and that's standing next to me. It's to the point sometimes if I get on the train, the train's gonna be empty. I'll still stand up. That was that was gonna be my next question. I'll still stand up. Or if I'm sitting down, I'm sitting down where I'm looking. I'm facing towards the door. I never like sitting my sitting my back towards the door because I've seen the situation happen where um, somebody basically two things situation happened. One situation where I seen a guy get hit for no reason in his eye. It was so quick that I, and honestly, you know, I couldn't help him. But at the same token, it was like I don't know him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it was it was a very unprovoked attack. This is had to be like five years, five six years ago. A second one was I seen a guy get his phone taken from a kid on Tremont. And this kid ran a hundred yard dash so quick after taking this man's phone that we that we both looked around like, yo, what the hell just happened? So it's like these the trains is it's not great. You know, New York is crazy. As oh as Uncle as Uncle Charlemagne would say from the you know the Breakfast Club, it's too crazy. The Bronx is one of the craziest places you could ever be at, man. The Bronx in Florida. See, Florida is different. Now, speaking, of, and I'm glad you're in Florida. Let me get your personal. Let me, ask, let me get your opinion on this, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is this is a semi-talked-about topic, and I'm quite sure Katie go answer this in the comment section. You know that 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 Florida rapper right now, who father told on him. Oh, okay, I know what you're talking. Yeah, yeah. Now, let me get your honest opinion. Because a lot of people don't understand, so they think the father is a model citizen, right? No, no, I read the story. The father. The father pretty much snitching on him to kind of get his own ass out of trouble. Yeah, because a lot of people don't know. The father is definitely... He, the father was like the kingpin, right? Yeah, he runs his own gang. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, yep. The son is, and the son is a part of that. But what happened was the son, you know, as you've seen the story, the son t- shot two people. Now, they locked the father because he's an accessory. Now, let me get your personal opinion on this. You know, let me get your, you know, let me pick your brain. Would you tell on your son if you got picked up for being an accessory for something that you didn't do, but he did? Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. No, because of the simple fact that if you read into the story, he's the one that brought his sons into the lifestyle. Yeah. So why would you bring your sons into the lifestyle? Then you get knocked and then want to snitch and rat them out. You see what I'm saying? He's no different. I hate to say it, but he'd be no different than, than six nine. He's still snitching. And the crazy part is, a lot of people trying to justify that. Like my, here's my take on this, right? And 
Matter of fact, that ain't my take on this because I actually knew somebody, you know, who tried to do that. I know the family, the family, you know. The son allegedly committed a murder in self-defense. Mm-hmm. Now, it was a bunch of witnesses. This happened, you know, down south. There's a bunch of witnesses to alleged murder. But everybody said it was shot for shot. The father took the charge. Mm-hmm. He took the charge for his son. Now, the police figured that he they know he didn't do it, but he still took it. And someone because you know this they think was somebody needed to take this body. Somebody needed to take this body. Now let me ask you a question. You think they arrested him thinking, okay, like we'll arrest him, but eventually we can get him to crack. You know, try to get him to snitch so that way he don't do the time. Oh no, I'm not gonna lie. I know the father. I, I, we know the father. I grew up like he's one of the older guys. You know, he's he, he's he's a hard rock. Okay, he, he, he's he's a hard rock. Family man, but he's a hard rock. Mm-hmm. Now, funny thing about it though, the father's home now, and the son got locked up. Because what they did was, like I said, the cops never let up because they think was they didn't want to have the wrong man behind bars. Mm-hmm. Now this is the state of Virginia now. So that's you a know, different. But, that's a different type of. Long story short, they got the son. Mm-hmm. They they arrested the son because allegedly they supposed to have the phone tapped and they heard the conversations. So now the son, for many years, up I think up until recently, if I'm not mistaken, was mad at his father because he thought his father told him. But everybody told him, like, listen, you can't get mad at your father for taking a charge for you, and they let him out. And now you're sitting there doing life. You know what I'm saying? So stuff like that, you know, I, I said that to say it, it's like, yo, there's a difference between, you know, holding it down for your son, you know, protecting his, protecting his innocence, and then, you know, protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like me, I'll be, I'll be very honest with you. If my son was innocent of a crime that he didn't commit, and they really tried to get him, to protect my son, my kids' innocence, I have to step up and take that. Yeah. But at the same token, the little motherfuckers better be out there <laughs> get me this great old lawyer. <laughs> you take, you take the, you take the hit for them, and all of a sudden they forget you exist. Yeah, I mean that that that's mostly the case. With a lot of people who go to jail, you go to jail, a lot of people forget you exist. Mm-hmm. This is why I tell people all the time, like I don't, I don't do the crimes. So I don't, I don't, so I don't have to do the time. I love living a regular life, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. crazy. You know, and another thing, like, you know, as we speak about current events, did you read about that story about that father in Brooklyn? No, what happened? Um, I'm quite sure, I, you know, people who ever live in New York probably seen the story. Um, Basically, a couple of years ago, the father got locked up, basically. His kid got killed in the shootout by his enemies. Mm-hmm. The cops told him, yo, let me tell us who killed your kid. This is like 2013. Tell, tell us who killed your son. We going to lock them up. You know, this man never never opened his mouth for nothing. He never told. And the crazy thought is that, and my thing is this, and he never told, never took revenge. So my thing is this, like, what, was your son's life less than the code of the streets? The code of streets better than your son's life? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one because it's one thing to not snitch, but to sit there and, and not even attempt to avenge who did it to your son. 
Well, the problem with that too, as well, is if you avenged it, nine out of ten times the cops are going to be watching. They're going to know you did it, mm-hmm. they're going to know you had somebody who did it. So it's like you kind of got to play it safe, but like, how safe do you have to play it? Well, he can't play it safe now because his ass is about to go to jail for quite some time. Because oh. he just got, that's, that's the reason I, I know about the story now because he got locked up um, over the weekend for shootings. And once again, it's like, yo, you told you chose the streets over your child. Like a lot of people understand, if you have beef in these streets, you know you have these on-site beef. Walking around mm-hmm. with your child is not even an option no more. Brandon, it's not Brandon, an option. Brandon Vasquez said the mentality is exactly why we have a major problem in the inner city communities. Yes, it's, you're it's, absolutely correct. It's it's so sad. It, well, I'm not gonna say it's so sad, but this is this wasn't this has been embedded in us. Whether we're street, whether we're from the streets, whether we're not from the streets, being from the inner city neighborhoods, it's always been embedded in us. You see something, you keep your mouth shut. You don't snitch. You don't say anything. Then what happens when you do say something? You get labeled a six nine or, and then if you say something in your streets where you from, you can't go back there because everybody's gonna know what you did, what you said, how you said it. And that's the problem. But you know the crazy part of that about that you say that, bro? You see how you said that was embedded in us like years ago? Look at fast forward to now. Let's fast forward to now. People who tell is actually, you know, we're not street guys. I'm not I'm not gonna call myself street guys. We're not street guys. So you know we see people who tell all the time and they be home, they back in the same neighborhood chilling. Let's take Alpo, for instance, you know what I'm saying? The man told on numerous people. Came home, he's out and about chilling, doing you know, those one two interviews. It's like snitches are being celebrated now because that's what it is. I don't think I don't want to say necessarily that they're being celebrated. I think more so snitches come back home because I just feel like they're protected in some weird way, some shape, or some form. If you snitch and end up back in the same hood you from, people I feel like people in the hood kind of know, like, yo, he snitched, he back home, or he must be working with the cops. We got to chill, stay away from him. You can sit here and say a hundred times, like, oh, that nigga's a snitch. When I see him, it's on site. But let's be clear, half the time they say that and they don't do nothing because they know that this dude probably might be working with the feds and they got to stay away from him. And it's not that. You know, another thing, too, like, you're absolutely correct about that also. That's one of the major things. But let's also, let's realize some things, like some of these kids, like I, like I just mentioned Alpo, for instance. A lot of people understand, we see with Alpo, he came home. He was away from Harlem for a while. He started going back to Harlem. Once he realized he is good in Harlem, nobody's going to do nothing to him, he's mm-hmm. fine. But you know, also it is, people got to realize, these snitches, like Alpo, like Sam, like Sammy Gavano, these guys are killers. Mm-hmm. Not just and see people understand just because somebody kills somebody doesn't make them a killer. You know what I'm saying? These guys are killers. Multiple bodies under their belt, whether they had it done or they did it themselves. So people got to realize like yeah, he's a snitch, but also he's a killer. That's the most dangerous ones you have to worry about because you got to realize like yo, I could try this guy, but he could you know relapse him back to his old ways. Mm-hmm. And you could be dead, and he could still be back in the same hood after a while. Exactly the point. And um, as far as what Brandon, Brandon, as far as what you say, you say he did a big wrong, 
but he's not afraid that he did it kind of weird yeah he's not afraid that he did it but if you look at six nine he can't go back to where he came from yes he do you think so yes he has but you know he's not going back there without some type of security behind him. And you, you see, here's the thing about it. Let's see, the 6ix9ine issue, you know. The problem with 6ix9ine is he can go back. Nobody's going to touch him. Like, I watch, like me, you know, I, I watch all these interviews that be on YouTube. They always talk about the 6ix9ine situation. Then you have people to all oh, the bloods look weak out here at the center third. Nobody is gonna touch six nine because you touch him. Once you once you are considered informant, especially he told on a Bloods gang, a set. And Neymar, he still has more information, mm-hmm. so of course he's gonna be protected. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gonna try to try this kid because simple fact is like, yo, he's under he's under federal protection, so he can move around freely. You do something to that man, you're going to jail for life mm-hmm. because. That is a federal crime of harming an informant. Yep. Not a confidential form, a federal informant. Touching a federal form is like t- a touching a federal agent. KD said the streets wait until you get comfortable getting your own hood, then they get revenge. Uh, I want to say yes, and then I want to say no. Because I get where you're coming from. I would say yes, that maybe like 10 years ago. But now, no, I don't necessarily agree with that now. Because for one, I think dudes is a lot more smarter now. Like, if you snitching in your own hood, you're not coming back to your hood. You know, it's crazy, bro. I've seen a dude, right, who was on the news. And I'm talking about around here, too. He's on the news for catching a body with somebody. A body in the attempt murder. And... One of the guys that lived, he, I, you know, I I'm not too sure if he told. Long story short, motherfucker, you do a murder that's 25 off the rip. Attempt murder is about 15 to 20. A couple of months ago, I seen dude walk around on the Ave at the store. You supposed to be doing time with the other guy. How are you home? But then again, I'm at where I'm at in life. That's none of my business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask you yo, how you home. It's just one of those situations, like, if you're from the hood, you question it to yourself for about 2.5 seconds, and then you just be like, you just keep it pushing. Bro, it's a lot of things that, like, growing, like you said, growing up in the hood, you have to question, but you get matter to fact, in life, you don't question no more. Matter of fact, you know what? Because, you know, this topic tonight is just pretty much let's talk about it slash get it off your chest. Yeah. We can talk about that. What are, what are to you, what are some of the things that you would say is like a code of conduct in your hood. A code of conduct as far as what though? It's okay, so like how you were saying, conduct. like no, not how we was just saying, like you know, you might see somebody home and you think to the like you just think about it, you keep it pushing, you don't really speak too much on it. Like for you, what is like some things like I don't I don't really have it. Maybe I questioned it wrong. Maybe I phrased mm-hmm. it wrong. But it's like what is what is. What is the no nos for I, in my hood? I would guess. I, I guess you could say that. I guess well, I can't say, say my hood. If I if I could, this should be no nos everybody hood. For one, like I said, if if I was playing the street life, if I was, if I was one of the people in the street life. Snitches is no no. Growing up, them they always told us don't talk to police. No, they always told us never talk to police. Um, loyalty. 
that's that's number one. Like, you know, no, I'm not excuse me. Loyalty is something you should have. Not everybody um, does, though. Let's that that's very true. Let's be clear. But yeah, that's one of the main things in every neighborhood is the no snitching rule, no snitching policy. But the question is, though, is like how many people follow that policy? And does that apply to the everyday working people? Like, for instance, here's a catch 22 about me and you. We grew up, we grew up in a neighborhood. People see us. We're hardworking citizens, right? Mm-hmm. But say if something happened, we do this. We do the hard work and citizen move. Like yeah, we we seen X Y Z descend the third. We would still be labeled as hood snitches because for one, they they look at us like oh y'all from the block, y'all should know not do X Y Z. But that's not the case though. Especially if somebody you know you see somebody get robbed and mugged. Y'all seen this person do X Y Z, whatever the case may be. I'm not saying we gonna do it. But I'm saying, like in our case, we're looked as we're looked as in our mind, we're citizens. But in the hood, wise that we live in the hood, we're looked as you know people from the block. Mm-hmm. It's not separated. No, no. And then we're labeled just because we're from a hood, because we're from a project. Of course. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times people have been like, "Oh, you from Webster? Oh, nah, I ain't going over there." And I'm just like, and you know, to you and to you and I, what we grow up. To us, it's just what we grow up. We like, oh, it's not so bad. Everybody else is like, nah, that shit is bad. But you can't say it's not bad. You can't say it's bad if you've never been there. Like, don't get me wrong. I ain't saying my hood is the best hood in the world. But it's definitely not the top. It's definitely not in the top 10 most dangerous ones either. So, it's you know, I mean, actually, your block is definitely, when it comes to the Bronx, and this is the old jokes aside, when it comes to the Bronx, your, your block is definitely, if I'm not mistaken, top five or top six nah, it as neighborhoods. I, I checked it. It's not. Oh, so it's, it's, not, down. it's not even in the top ten. That's why I said it. Yeah, because like, you look at any neighborhood. <laughs> she, like, yeah, she laughing because she know her hood, is, her hood is top one. It's number one. Yeah, because, I mean, you got to look at the difference now. It's, like, it's, it's, it's the different generations. Yeah. Like, me yeah. and your generation coming up, our hoods was up there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my hood, you know, they just the ego section. At one point, the most fed area mm-hmm. because some people you really couldn't come here and chill if you wasn't from here yeah i've seen it i've seen dudes walk through my hood literally i've seen dudes who i've never seen in my hood walk through my hood and get punched just yeah. for being there just walking through bro i remember but, the first time i moved over here i got jumped and i first hit and and that's it and and the funny thing about his crazy is i come from at this time i came from far rockaway I came from the constant fightings and all mm-hmm. that shit. So when I moved over here, I felt it was a cakewalk. But so when I moved over here, I didn't know, you know, this side had beef with this side. So it was like, I got jumped. I was like, damn, niggas, jump me. Okay, whatever the case may be. And it's like, that's how I realized, all right, you start going to the place, you hear the stories. Oh, either was this, either was that. And then it's just like, oh, all right. So this is what it is. And it's like everywhere you go is going to be like that from Edelwald to Forest to Castle Hill to Butler to Washington to Mahaven, Mitchell's, um, Millbrook. Like all these places is like that. But, you know, once you grow up in certain areas, to you it's like whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's just it's just having respect for your hood and then it's having respect for other hoods you go through because you just never know. But, but I, I keep it a stack with you, though, right? You see all the projects I just named? Mm-hmm. I go through freely, no problem, whatever. Cause it's, it's Bronx. So I feel to me, 
I feel like Bronx is home turf, regardless of where I'm at. Yeah. Home turf. Mm-hmm. But when I go to these other neighborhoods, the projects in Brooklyn, Queens, I don't care not so much about Manhattan. Like, let's say Brooklyn, Queens, I'm on point. Because I'm on point because I don't know what the situations was going on over there. Mm-hmm. And this be the problem. Speaking of, and and look at that kid that just got killed in the pharmacy. The um, oh, FPG I see what cash you're dude. I see what you're talking about. Is that the dude with the dude when they was jumping him at first? Other dude took out the gun and just started shooting him. Yeah, mm-hmm. look at him. You came from California to a block. You ain't know what the situation was going on all over there. Like people be so so prideful not to really check in. Hold up, you, wait, hold up, what happened with that? What was the story behind that? He came to the Bronx from California uh-huh. flossing. Oh, like, oh, it's like chains for, and everything type shit? Chains, money in the pocket. But he don't know over there, they at war. So they see a new face. Mm-hmm. They so approach the new face. They think he might be from the place they yeah. beefing with. Yeah. They approach the new face. Mm-hmm. So you approach a new face. Oh, you got money. You just stand third. Okay, you're a rapper, but you're not known. Okay, mm-hmm. but you're a rapper. You in our hood. We don't give a fuck about you. Mm-hmm. We want what you have. We hungry over here. Mm-hmm. And this be the case with and this be the case with rappers these days. Like, think about how many rappers got killed in the last three years. Think about, it. and they all up becoming rappers. Cause why? They got that profitable shit where they don't want to check in places they go to. If I go right now, if I go to Virginia, I'm calling my, I'm calling my people. Like, yo, how's looking down there? Oh, no, nah, it's, it's not good. I'm, I'm not coming. So, what happens when you feel like you're untouchable till you get touched? <laughs> and that's very true. A lot of people definitely be feeling like that. You know, gang, gang, Santa. That. Let me say something to y'all, man. It's everybody that's listening out there. I don't care what gang you're in. Red, blue, purple, yellow, whatever the case may be. I get the point. Of what I'm saying. Gangs are not no longer organized so it's a way you feel you can go any neighborhood you want to. Please get that out your mind. You could be a blood, you go to another bloodhood, you are an op to them. Let's get that. Same thing with Crips, anybody. You are an op. Check in before you go somewhere. What do you say? You can't go back to there, you ain't respect. Oh, what? But you can't go back to your hood because you didn't really have that respect. What do, you, what do you mean by that, Don? He, he lost me. Right. But yeah, I get what you're saying. So it's like at the bottom line for me, it's like, I don't know, bro. It's just, I always, I've always had respect when I go to other hoods just because, you know, where, I'm from, where we from, it's almost like, you, yeah, you can feel comfortable, but always be on point regardless of the fact because you just never know. That's facts. Like me, I walk around. Let me say something to you. Like, you know me. I, I'm... I'm I'm a person who I like to go around. I like to enjoy the outside. Well, I used to like to enjoy the outside. I still do to a certain extent. But we are in a time where violence has spiked up 80%. It is crazy right now. Everywhere you go is fine. It's either robberies, it's rapes, robberies, murders, tip murders, everything. Oh. So, don't so talk now, about rappers. Oh. So now it's like you can't enjoy outside no more. Like all the neighbors, I used to walk around freely, 
get out my car and just walk through. I don't do that no more. Yeah. I don't do that no more. Why? Because simple fact, I might be in a neighborhood where I don't know what's going on at. And I don't know nobody in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So them days is over. Like for instance, like let's let's take your hood for instance. I might not know what's going on in your neighborhood, but if I'm before I go there, I'm like, yo, bro, what's going on over there? Everything cool? You know, straight? All right, cool. I, I need to go over there for something. Or if I do go somewhere, I always hit somebody up like, yo, here, here's the address to where I'm at. So it's like, well, now you're right, Brandon. Like, I always felt like the goal wasn't the goal always supposed to be to make it rich to move out the hood. It's backwards now, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like you make it. It's like it's like the goal. It's like for these people now. It's like to make it rich and then stay here. Like why? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. A lot of them, but bro, you know, understand though. It's, it's not even that. It's, it, it makes sense to them. A lot of people like being hood rich. You know what I'm saying? Hood rich is to some people is where it's at. Oh, I get it. Because you want to be, you want to be the the envy of the people. Yes. Yeah, and they, that's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Think about what me and you always say when we see somebody with a fly ass car in the hood. Why are you here? Yeah. You, Why are you there's, here? There's no reason you should have an eighty thousand dollar car living in the hood. My point. No reason. Why you have them? Why are you driving? Like you know, even the funny shit about it, when you see the people, you know, that cop Mercedes Benz and all that, the Beamers. Then you realize, all right, a beam ain't shit till once it break down. You're done. <laughs> yeah, yep. You drive that shit till you, you drive it till you can't drive it no more. Yeah. But think about the ones in the hood with the seven forty fives, the the Grand Jeep Cherokees that cost seventy thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, why? What's the sense of being hood rich if you could get a nice good check and get up out of the hood? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we. I'm sorry to cut you off. Okay. No, 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 no. We're gonna take a quick break because we already had thirty two minutes. We've been moving. Um. So. We're going to get a real quick break. We're going to come right back. If you're looking to figure out how you can start a, a podcast on the Evening Rush Network and you don't know how, this is how you do it. Looking to podcast shows and do not know where to start? The Evening Rush Network can help you with that. Call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at theeveningrushnetwork at gmail.com for dates and prices. We got you for all your podcast needs. The Evening Rush Network. Tune in, subscribe, and share. Okay, we're back. As you can see, um, my co-host over there, my co-host over there making business moves on the phone. So, you know, shout out to Nah, him. man, I'm chilling, man. You know, I'm but just chilling. No me- need. Let me shout out the sponsors too, because we didn't really get a chance to. We got and got into a flow tonight. Um, uh, <laughs> shout out to Twenty Nine Twenty Clothing, Sayings by Butter, Bobby D Customs, I Am Her Creations, Linden Coin Laundromat, and Rhinestones in a Box. Great shout outs, yeah. Once again, yeah. She's actually working on something else too. She told me the other day. So, so yo, Blacker, let me ask you a question. You see that, right? She blind. She blinged that out. How long do you think that took? Um, is that Rhinestones? Yeah. I don't like rhinestones. I, I, I always hate rhinestones because rhinestones is messy. So I'm gonna give her credit. That's like about a three hour job. Yeah, it was about about three about three or four hours. Yeah, yeah. I don't like I don't like rhinestones. because you know this. 
and I'm quite sure everybody can say, you know, you used to have art in school. They used to give you uh, rhymes uh, and bones. Uh, he's he going back, guys. Okay, he's getting it off his chest now, guys. There we go. Nah, 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 nah. It's crazy. I, I hated rhymestones growing up. Like, rhymestones is cool, but doing art with them shits, couldn't stand it. I was never good at art in school, to be honest with you. I couldn't draw for shit. I, it didn't do anything for me. It wasn't my thing. Draw. Me neither. Me neither. Me neither. It wasn't not one of my many talents. Definitely drawing was definitely not one of them. Let me explain something to you, man. I still can't draw a stick figure, bro. I can't draw a stick figure for shit. I mean, about as, me? as huh? good as I that's about as good as I am. Bro, I can't draw a stick figure to save my life. Like I'm gonna draw the circle. The circle might be lopsided. My line might go diagonal. Like it might go straight to the backwards J. I'm horrible. I'm horrible. Can't do it. But you know, we in the circuit of rap, right? Speaking well, that, we talk about music and everything like that. I'm sorry. I just want to. I just got one question I want to ask. I'm not gonna cut you off again, Apple. I just got one question I want you to answer me. Mm-hmm. At what age? And maybe it's just me because I ain't never been. Mm-hmm. But at what age do you stop going to summer gym? Um, wait, did I stop going? I've never been. Yeah, I'm just curious. Because, like, I've seen, like, four, <laughs> like 40, 45-year-old grooming excited about starting in the parking lot for Summer Jam. Now, I'm not, I'm not getting on people who do it. I just want to know, like, is there an age limit that you stop going? No, see, here's my thing, right? This is what I always heard about Summer Jam. After the Rockefeller era and all that stuff. You know, the Rockefeller era, Summer Jam was bananas. For mm-hmm. so I always heard and I seen videos was bananas. The Jay-Z era, bananas. Now, from my understanding of what Summer Jam is, I heard it's more so the parking lot and depend when you sit out in the stands. Because they treat, some people treat, especially people I age, they treat Summer Jam like a club. See, at least I you went. Them. I ain't never been. And in your three years that you went, like how excited were you to go? Like I'm curious. Like anybody in here, whoever went to Summer Jam, I, I want to know. Where it's at, bro. I can't knock. I heard that's where it's at. I heard if you went to outside party, that's where it's at. Bro, I've been to. So you say basically what you're trying to say is the tailgating is better than the party itself. Yeah, that's yeah, like okay. the Giants. Okay, Think about so that's, that's like the Giants games. All right, so I remember. Yeah, Summer Jam. Granted that that one, but um, yeah. So you know, I, you know, me and my uncle, like when we when I was younger, you know, we went to like um HBCU like games and and MetLife, right? Okay. Never went in the game. Just stayed outside and tailgate the whole five hours. But yo, that's a lot of people do at Giants and during the, the football season. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people do during the Giants game. They go out there to grill and party. They don't even go watch the games. They just be outside. And the one time I did go to a Giants game and seen people tailgate, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so they really be out here doing this like the shit you see on the YouTube. They they really be partying. Now tailgating is where it's at. Like if you got the if you got the right group of people to go, you don't even have to give it. You don't never have to even care about the game. Yeah, that's like, that's very true. Like I said, when me and my uncle when my uncle did a tell game one year, yo, it was like we literally stayed outside the whole time and never went yeah. in the game. I literally went because we made a girls ride out there. Maybe two celebrities at most I went for. Oh, now I never did a concert, man. I never been person to do a really do a concert like that and stuff. And I mean. I never cared to do a concert because I know me. I thought, wow, I don't, I'm tired of loud music. I'm really one of those. I'll listen to music going to work, coming home, going somewhere. But once I'm home, after a certain time, I don't need music. I don't. I don't want it no more. I can't listen. To, I can't listen to rap music in the morning. Oh, I can. I can't. Like I feel I like like the only it's weird because like the only day I think I can listen to rap music in the morning is like on a Saturday. 
if I'm going to work. Like I can't do like for the rest of the week, I can't do it. As we I can't I can't go to work too rowdy, man. It's too early. I can't do it. Man. I'm gonna tell you I ain't gonna lie, recently I'm not gonna hold you. This is the funny shit. Like it was last week, right? I'm at work, I'm tired. I'm skimming through my music, and I'm not gonna hold you. One of my favorite songs came on. I got energy out of nowhere. What song was that? Tupac's and Vicious Dorada. Oh, I had. Oh, I got my job listening to Akinelli. You're wilding. Nah, I tried. I trust me, I tried. Look, if if you go to my job, right? If you ever went into my job, right? And I'd be like, "Yo, play Akinelli." They won't let me play. They're smart that they don't. You know what? It's crazy. You know that we talk about music, right? And Last weekend on the show, it was thrown out there, but you know, we're gonna really, 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 really congratulate you on this, man. Congratulations for being new A and all, man. How does it you know how does it feel? We gonna forget everything else. I can tell you back without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, being an A and R right now truly absolutely sucks. <laughs> but but it's 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 a la- it's a it's I'm I'm gonna tell you this much. I'm gonna tell you this much. It's mm-hmm. a learning experience. It is um it's forced me to have to look at some things differently. It forced me to have to adjust some things. Mm-hmm. Um it's forced me to have to balance the difference between personal and business. Okay. Thank you, Auntie. Um but I'm gonna say right now, it is definitely what I expected it to be, which was not, which is not an easy ride. I expect it to be tough. I expect it to be hard. I expect it to be difficult. But I feel like once the groove, once the wheels start moving, once the groove start going, it'll get a little, lot more easier from there. Okay. Now you know, as an A&R, as a new A&R, right? You know, because you know your job is to definitely find talent. Also, your, your also your job is also is to um. Is to um, how can I say? I want to say this not not market the talent, but you know um, prep them. I'm mm-hmm. saying the word wrong. Excuse me, ladies. I'm saying the word very wrong. How would you approach a talent? Say like you meet a nice talent today, right? Mm-hmm. A singer. I say a singer and a rapper. Mm-hmm. How would you go about who goes first as an A and R? How would I go about as a search of a singer and a rapper? Yes. Um, to be honest with you. Me personally, mm-hmm. I would go with the singer first, okay, because I feel like there's so much rap music going on nowadays, okay, that, and rap seems to be the, the dominant thing on the radio station. So, if you found a singer that can catch fire that would catch the attention, because mm-hmm. to me, at this point right now, and I don't mean no disrespect to any up and coming rappers, but I feel like rap is a dime a dozen now, like, like to find a rapper is like, but I think to find that RB singer. Like mm-hmm. that true R&B singer is like a needle in the haystack. So I think I would go to try to market the R&B first and then come back to the rap. See, if that think, makes any sense. Yeah, now I, I get it. So now I found the word I saw myself. I mean, artist development. That's mm-hmm. how, that's the word I was actually looking for. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, you were, you were focused on the R&B singer first because the state of how rap is a dime a dozen, which is very, very true. But also, you know, you have Brandon, you don't like the Migos, huh? <laughs> well, you ain't got to worry. They broke up anyway. For now. We'll see. I think that's the marketing strategy. I, I agree with you 
I think there's marketing strategy, and that goes I, sometimes, honestly, what a lot of people understand, sometimes that's a part of the game. I hope that it doesn't end up another dip set situation. Because remember, originally their breakup was a publicity stunt that just went totally wrong after that. But see, a lot of people, a lot of people understand something like you know, um, a lot of people understand something as far as like breakups and marketing of teens. See, with Dipset, like Joel explained it on um, the um, on Drink Chance, Drink Chance, there wasn't they wasn't a group. Yeah, I heard and that part. Because he understand. compared it to the locks. Yeah, and a lot mm-hmm. of people understand what Dipset is. Each one of them gentlemen have different positions of diplomat label. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Cam the CEO, Jim the president, Joel's vice president, and Zeke, whatever position he has. So as far as them breaking up, yes, they wasn't making music with each other, but technically speaking, they was on the same, they just owned a piece of the label. Mm-hmm. Whatever piece they own, I'm quite sure Cam owned majority of it, but you know, they just had their piece, they had their foot in. They wasn't a group. Now you look at guys like Junit when they broke up. Junit actually was a group. What's going on, Brooklyn? Yeah, Junit was a group. So when they broke up, all right, they broke up. But did it hurt them? It hurt some, you know, hurt people. It hurt all of them but 50. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Not necessary because you got to look at their work ethic. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Look, let's be honest. If if you really want to think about who it who it hurt the most, it hurt everybody but 50. Where's okay. everybody else now? That's true. So exactly. now you now now back to you now as a and all because you know I don't want to focus on the outside labels and I want to focus on you now, my brother. Oh, I just want to say for the record, me and you ain't never breaking up for no publicity stunts. This ain't happening. I don't I don't do those. All right, I'm saying this, right. is, this is this is Rose and Black or Rose relaxation forever. So I just want <laughs> he to try to he's trying to throw me off course, y'all. Y'all see this, right? No, no, no. I'm I'm gonna get him. No, nah, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Now you as a and all, you have a group of Let's say four guys come to you, right? Mm-hmm. And they sound all good together, but it's just that one particular one that's standing out the most to you. How like a lead you singer? Not even a lead singer. It's just he's sticking out to you, like he's the one just shining. Like they all nice, but he's that one sticking out to you. Now, how would you go about that? Would you sign them as a group, or would you sign them as individuals? Being that you the A and R. Okay, so you're saying that one shines above the rest of them, but they're all equally good, though. But there's just that one that shines better than all of them. I'm gonna give I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a prime example. All right, let's go back to June real quick. Mm-hmm. Everybody on June, remember, Fifty was the head. Mm-hmm. Fifty could know he can make Banks. his songs all that. Lyrically, Banks was the best one out of them. Lyrically, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you have Fifty, Banks, Buck. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna include game. They come to you, you find these guys, you're like, damn, these guys is good. But this kid is this kid right here sticking out like a banks of 50. How would you go about signing them? I would sign them as a group because my thing to me is I feel like if they all have some type of talent mm-hmm. and they're all marketable and you can make money off of them, and at the same time they can make money for you and everybody's happy, why are you shaking your head? We'll talk about that. You just said so you can make money off them. No, bad, but I don't mean like bad that. Bad and all. Bad no, and all. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad and <laughs> all because the goal is for everybody to succeed, but yes. be success, but be successful financially. That's true. I'm gonna sign you, but then don't make no money off of you. How does that work? That's very true. 
You see what I'm saying? So, you, so it's not bad A&R. You have to think. This is where you have to think as a business and not think personally. Of course. You see what I'm saying? So I get where you're coming from, but this is like at the end of the day, if I have one that's better than the rest of them, yeah, you have to. I have to figure out a way at a certain point to kind. I don't want to say break them apart or break that one off into his own, because you got to also remember there's egos you're dealing with as well. So you kind of got to. Uh-huh. You also could sign him, see, but also that you signed the group. Mm-hmm. But you also could sign one to individual deals. You could, but you I think that. I would start them off. I think I would start them off as a group first because there might be one who might sound incredibly better than the rest of them, mm-hmm. and then you sign them as a group. And as time goes on, it might be someone else who might sound better than the one you thought it would be. That's very true. Like, do you watch that show? Um, have you watched the Wu Tang show? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I'm, and that's a prime example. And I brought that up because it's a prime example. Like you know, everybody know Wu Tang had eight eight members. Okay, so I give you I give you an example. If I had Wu Tang, right? I had Method Man, yeah, uh, ODB, RZA, Ghostface, Red and Ron, right? Right. Uh-huh, I'm sorry. So if I had those those five, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, okay, Method Man's the best one out of all of them, right off the bat. But why would, why would you say that though? Because I'll just say, let's just say I sign him, and then he has. No, 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 lyrics, no, 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 I'm no. Like, what, 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 you just named some of the they top five members, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. why would you say you say meth? Why would you think meth is the better out of all of them? No, like, I'm saying if I'm scouting that? them, if I'm scouting them and I'm looking at them and I'm like, okay, lyrically, he's the best one out of all of them, right? I'm just saying, lyrically, he's the best one out of all of them. Okay. I could be like, yeah, I got him. I got him in the pocket, but I'm going to sign him as a group. Now, let's just say I get him as a group, they get mm-hmm. a couple shows under their belt. I start listening to Ghostface. I'm like, okay, now Ghostface lyrically is great, but he has a charisma about him that Method Man don't have. You hear the saying? So now you're seeing it. Now you're getting to see, like, say for example, you sign all five of them, but no, Method Man. Sees <laughs> you sign all five of them, but Method Man might be the most charismatic one at the beginning because yes. the rest of them might be shy. Now let's just say you get them comfortable in front of a crowd. They're performing. They're doing what they do, and now you find out Ghostface might have been the most charismatic one. Out of all of them. Mm-hmm. So now I'm looking at it like, okay, if I would have just took Method Man or if I'd have just paid more attention to Method Man and not Ghostface, I'd have been marketing Method Man like crazy, not even paying Ghostface no attention. Now look what happened when I got them in front of a crowd, got them comfortable. Damn, Ghostface is the best one out of all of them. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like you kind of got to take your time. You can't just assume that one might be better right off the bat yeah. because you might find that diamond in the rough once everything starts moving. You know, it's funny that you say that because that's very true, and that's what um, that's what RZA did. You know, RZA got them all signed as a group, but at the same token, when they was out, you know, shining, they made the thirty six chamber album. They all got the individual deals. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, was RZA controlled their deals. That's what kind of broke they they group up. Well, a lot of people don't know that though. You know, so a lot of people think they broke up because you know they all went solo. No. They, they honestly, some of them broke up because RZA controlled their solo deals. Now, Brandon, you're right, Brandon. I'm just using it as an example because if you think charismatic-wise, ODB was the most charismatic one out of all of them. That's but, right. He was. But he wasn't the most lyric. He wasn't the most lyrical one out of all of them. You see, to me, personally speaking, for me, most lyrical ones had to be Raekwon and Ghostface. That's for me, my opinion. So if I'm signing... ODB, Ghostface, Raekwon, RZA, Method Man, 
I'm looking at Method Man first, like, okay, Method Man might be more marketable. He might be the most lyricist one out this moment. Then, like you said, I, I said Ghostface, but it could have been ODB. You're looking at how ODB out here moving. You're like, yo, this dude, so charismatic. His 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 energy alone can sell an album. So now no. you got... Now, go ahead, go ahead. And the crazy part that you say that, right? Like, I'm old. Like, we older now, mm-hmm. right? So me watching this Wu-Tang show, you know, it had me really go back to all their first albums. Mm-hmm. And I'll be totally honest with you when I say this to you, you know, and a lot of people might be like, are you bugging? I can't listen to Meth album, Meth first album no more. I might listen to two, I might listen to three to four songs, but the people like Raekwon, Ghostface, I can listen to the album straight through. I'm not a big Jizza fan. Never really was. I try to give out. I, I try to give him album and listen. I couldn't do it. Mind you, the guy is nice. The genius. He's nice. Inspector I mean, Deck was never a big fan of his. I mean, as fans for us, right? The mm-hmm. rap groups, we always gravitate to one specific person in the group. Like it's almost rare that, like for me personally, I'm gonna be totally honest with you, and this might be a this might be a surprise, but the one I gravitate to the most to in the locks. It's probably chic. And the reason why I say that is because he's the one that I least expected to be the most, not the most lyricist, but he's the one that I expected, like, if they did break up, that his career wouldn't be a career anymore. But then he's the one that I could probably listen to his albums more than I could probably listen to Jaden and Styles' album. Katie, go to sleep. Um, I'm, You mentioned Meth. I'm sorry, I can't listen to nothing Meth recently. I can't <laughs> do it. To me, Meth and Meth is an actor. Yeah, I think once it gets to a certain point where they cross over, it's almost Memphis like an actor to me, just like Fifth. Fifth is an actor. Now, back to what you just said about Sheik Luch. Now, funny thing about Sheik Luch, right? Me personally, first solo albums, I think Sheik had the better ones out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Silverback Gorilla to me was one of his best albums. I stopped listening to him by then. <laughs> now, you, I'm telling you, it's actually a pretty decent album. And that and that and that's just me personally. I, I stopped listening about it because to me it was like all right. Because you know that after a while music started changing, and mm-hmm. I I think I start changing. Mm-hmm. Like like you know me, I don't like listen to the the same old shit that we used to hear back in the day. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we we are in a different time when it comes to music. Like don't get it twisted. I heard that song down with D Chambers. I heard that song. Well, I'm yeah. not, like, she gets very me. underrated. She gets yeah, very she underrated. Gets, she gets, she. I ain't gonna lie. She gets underrated. You know what makes she step up? A lot of people don't get this. That beef with Junior helped Sheik step his rhyme game up serious because everybody always undermines Sheik and how he is. Mm-hmm. Everybody looked at Jada and Styles as the threats. Sheik is not worth it. That's how a lot of people felt. So when Sheik stepped up on the mixtape era, his album came out, it was like, whoa, this guy's nice. He's up there with them now. He belonged. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And this Sheik, is going to. This is going to pain me to say it because mm-hmm. you know how I feel about this. But I'm going to come on and say it after months of not saying it. But the locks definitely deserve to be dipset in that rap battle. And it hurt me to say it. But but I will say this. I will say this. After watching that interview on a Breakfast Club after that, I was like, I've always been a locks fan. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, it made me more of a locks fan because – you can see the brotherhood with them. You can see that it's not just business, that it's locks and then everything else. Not Sheik, Jada, Luke, um, Sheik, Jada, Styles, and then locks. It's locks, then them. So after that, I was just like, 
it made it just made me a bigger fan. It made See, me a bigger as, fan. So, as a person in music, right? I'm gonna say this why I had dipset winning. And I'm gonna tell you why I had dipset winning. I went through the diplomats. Mm-hmm. Each individual, but I went through the group and individually I went through the catalog. The problem with diplomats is they have no crowd control. And that's one thing all artists need to understand. You have you can have all this dope music, but if your catalog sucks, it's over. For instance, I'm telling you right now with Jewels. Mm-hmm. Say if Jewel played Run It with Chris Brown mm-hmm. and Chris Breezy that came out. The crowd would have been crazy. Yeah, you're right. Crowd would have roughed it. Let's say if Jim Jones would have played balling, not the original one. Let's say he just played the original, he threw his original verse out there, and then happened to throw the remix out there. You had other artists jump on the track. Crowd would have roughed it. You know what I'm saying? Kim doesn't really have besides old boy, Kim doesn't really have any crowd control songs. But Jim and Jewel's do. Zeke, on the other hand, Zeke is the hype man. He just happened to be there, but he has songs. Mm-hmm. I don't know no Zeke songs, but he has songs. So my disappointment with that battle, even though that's last year, is with Jim and Jewel, especially Jewel's. Because remember, at a certain point, Jewel's was one of the hottest things smoking coming up. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't Wayne, it was Jewels. If it wasn't Jewels, it was Wayne. Because a lot of people keep forgetting Jewels was featured on a lot of tracks that oh, was hot in fingers. So when they lost to the locks, it was like you see they had no chemistry. Yeah. No rehearsal. Mm-hmm. But you don't, I mean, but granted, it wasn't even named no rehearsal. It was just like, yo, who's your DJ? And now, like they you look, just said, they look lost out there, bro, after a while. First of all, you can't have diplomat problems. Like I tell people all the time, we'll never go to a diplomat, any one of them concerts, because their main thing is smoking on stage and having 50 people on stage with them. Mm-hmm. They don't perform. You know performances? A DMX, a Red and Meth, a Buster. Those are performances. These dudes stand in one spot like they telling you a story. Yeah, because the allure is, like you said, the 50 people on stage, it's it's the presentation. It's, exactly. It's, it's, so it's like if you're on stage, if you had a, if you're watching a concert and you see 50 people on stage with Dipset and it looks like a smack battle rap, you're amazed because it's just a lot of people on stage. But when you're looking at it like the whole locks thing, and you just listening and you seeing, like you said, they had the crowd and they Jada had the crowd in the palm of his hands. Exactly. Then, then when he hit when he came out with that with that whole biggie joint when he wrapped off that beat, it was over. And, it was, and, and here's the funny shit about it. You know how he killed it? That freestyle is old. That freestyle's like 2013. Oh, <laughs> but here's yeah. the funny thing about it, though. I'm going to get back to that question, KD, because I'm, I'm going to get back to that. And I was thinking about that question, too, after, after Joel said it. Um, What happened was, Puff, you know, everybody know Diddy. Diddy not control the crowd. Mm-hmm. Diddy told Jada, you do that freestyle. Bring that freestyle back out. And what happened was he controlled the crowd. Who shot everybody know who shot you? Mm-hmm. You know, was a quote unquote fake, non-fake this pop song. You know what I'm saying? So he did that. Everybody went crazy. To, to the people that don't understand who no Jada is, who wasn't buying the mixtapes, to them that was new. But to mm-hmm. us, that was old. But it's like, oh damn, we spent performing this shit. That's crazy. 
Now to answer what KD just said, as far as um who will win the first battle between Jewels and Bleak, honestly speaking, Jewels will Jewels will win that shit in the landslide. My thing is I like I, you know, Swag, I look at you as a brother of KD, but that was a dumb question. Like but Don said Bleak. So. Uh, I mean, because look where he's from. That that's just straight bias right there. But, I'm sorry, but Bleak is not beating Jewels in a rap battle ever. Ever. Let me say something. A lot of a lot of bleak songs, and, and this is no disrespect to Memphis Bleak. I, I, hopefully one day we get them, we get them on the show and talk to them. So there's no disrespect to Memphis Bleak. A lot of bleak songs was either wrote by Jay Z or it featured Jay Z. So it's not like you really bad. So who can win? Jewel's got songs on his dolo. He could hold on own. Bleak got mine right. Um. He got Ben Bleak is. I like Ben Bleak is. Okay, and you see, you see the problem there. Jewels. I hope I'm not a, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of, but I respect his work. I know Jewels' catalog. Jewel, like I said, Jewels is one of the hottest things moving at one point in the, in New York City in the mm-hmm. rap game. Now let me ask you something. You know, you know, A and R. Let me ask you something now. This is 2008. Right, 2008? it's 2008 now. You don't, and I'm, I'm asking you this because you don't know what, what's gonna happen. If somebody bring you two people, they be like, Yeah, all right, listen, you can sign one of them, not both. And these two people are Lil Wayne, Joel Santana. Now, Hello, mind huh? you, no, 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 but no, 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 hear me, hear, hear me out now. This is a Joel Santana that's smoking hot with diplomats right now. Mm-hmm. This is a little Wayne who fresh off the hot boys breakup who's trying to hold cash money down, but he's grinding. Mm-hmm. As you as an AR, who are you taking your chances on? At this point, I think I probably would take my chances on Wayne. See, and, no, 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 you, no, no, you just said this point. I'm not, we're not talking about this point. No, 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 I know, I know, back then. I know you because what you the way you described them answered it for me. You okay. said someone Jewels who's already established, yeah, who's on a hot streak right now, and Lil Wayne who's pretty much carrying his label on his back. Uh-huh. I'm picking Wayne because right now I feel like Wayne got more to lose than than Jewels, and the reason why I say that is because Jewels might be the hottest thing, but at some point, what if he decides it in the next year or so? Now we talking about 2009 that he decides to get lazy. He starts to get because he already feel like he's hot. Now, if you got somebody who's hungry like Lil Wayne. Who knows that he got a whole entire label on his back that he needs to support at this moment that yeah. they ride for him. I'm All going right, with the, I, I, I'm I going with the, the hunger. Sorry, sorry. I think Katie corrected me. I said the days wrong. I'm in an earlier time with him and Jewels both coming up. Now I asked that right because um this is a conversation I had recently, and you know everybody always say Wayne and Jewels, Wayne and Jewels, and at the time, like I said. Around that time is either Wayne, Joel, Breezy. Breezy start coming up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you were turning the radio, all you was hearing is Joel's, you was hearing Lil Wayne. And as AR, like I said, you couldn't have both. If you mm-hmm. could get both, you you done, you done struck diamond. You done struck diamond, but you can't have both. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like, damn, what can you do? I'm gonna take the hunger. I'm gonna take the unsigned. I'm gonna take the hunger, the, the, the artist with the 
with with a feeling like he had nothing to lose with everything on his back. Because at this point, it's like I'm a ride with him because if he's that hungry and he knows that he has a whole city on his back, who t- who's who's to tell you how far this dude is willing to go? But also remember, at that time, Wayne was rhyming like how he was rhyming for the times he was on everybody's track. Mm-hmm. No, this, is, this is wobbly, wobbly Wayne now. This is not hanging with diplomats Wayne. Remember, because at that time, when he started coming up, he started going to Harlem, he started hanging with Dipset, he got his swag from them, he soaked some of their game up, mm-hmm. started hanging around Jay-Z, soaked his game up, and Wayne emerged to be the monster he, you know, he became. So this is not the same way as I'm saying. Like, who would you? I'm still taking Wayne. I'm taking Wayne. I'm gonna take my. I'm gonna take my chances with Wayne. And I respect that answer. Because if I fuck up, it's all on me. But if I don't fuck up, and this dude strikes gold or platinum, but see, as you know, as a and you can't even think like if you fuck up. Because simple fact, your job, you know, what I'm saying, your job is to find that next bit talent. You know, what I'm saying, and you got if you got faith in that talent, that talent, them, you know, made you. Like, damn, believe in him at that moment to like, yo, listen, hey, here's this contract. Here's this, here's that. You know what sucks about this era of rap now from back then? This era of rap doesn't freestyle. No. We live in an era where if you tell an artist right now, yo, you want to get signed to me or spit something, let me hear something. They can't do it. Why? Because we in an era where um, the mixtape is basically dead. I can't tell you who's who's in charge of the mixtape game right now. D, even DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled, and a lot of people don't understand this, Khaled is not a DJ. He DJs, yes. Mm-hmm. Khaled is not a producer. So a lot of people get that feel like, oh, Khaled's a dude. And shout out to DJ Khaled. I don't know how he get his bread, how he get producer's credit. He don't produce. But he get them songs for his albums and he slaps his name on it. But mm-hmm. look at Good guy like DJ Drama, he don't he make he don't make mixtapes like that. He make album slash mixtapes. So you don't want you don't get these these guys who will uh, get you the freestyles and all that. The freestyle game's been dead for like the last what? Let's say almost almost ten years now. So was it 2022, 2022? Probably maybe even sooner than that. To be honest with you, because yeah. you got to look at the mixtape game with the mixtape game. Yeah, the mixtape game died. Shit, when you was talking about cassette tapes. Into the early era of CDs. No, no, no. I mean, mixtape game actually died. Um, not really can't say that because you had guys like K Slate. Then remember, also at the same time, they went from mix CDs. Then they went to the original Smack CDs. Well, I was downloading not- mixtapes off of my iPod too. Yeah, but I'm talking about with Smack. A lot of people don't know Smack was a mixtape mix DVD, mm-hmm. like just like French Montana's Cocaine City. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Smack did it great. Smack let you. Go in there, bust a freestyle, drop a video. They also did rap battles. See, so he did it smart. But them days is over. So you as an AR right now, being that you know the times has changed now. How can the artists really, you know, and it's hopefully artists out there, y'all listening, y'all paying attention, because right now I'm talking to AR, potentially change your life. How can the artists come to you and get your attention to make you want to be awesome? Like, you know what? I need to bring you to the table and maybe we see where we go from here. Honestly, I think, and I'm going to answer this because we got to wrap it up soon. Um, but honestly, for me, if you're a rapper, I may have to bring it back to a time when I need to see if you can freestyle. 
Okay. Like, and and I don't need no fuck ups. I'll give you one fuck up in the midst because you know niggas will be rapping and then they'll be like, oh wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me start over again. I'll give you like that one time. I need you to be as confident in your freestyle to me as you will be confident in yourself if you're performing in front of a live audience. Because when you're performing in, when you're performing on stage, you can't stop and be like, yo, my bad, I gotta start over. There is none of that. So you gotta you kind of gotta come to me with that same energy, like as if now don't get me wrong, I'm just starting out, but you have to still give me that same respect if you want to get signed. You can't look at me like Oh, you're just, you know, you're just starting. What can you really do for me? Nigga, I can get you signed if you're good enough. <laughs> like, if you really want to be technical and I don't want to sound cocky, but that's what we going for right now. So okay. if you're a rapper, I need you to come with me with energy. I need you to be able to freestyle. I need you to be able to spit something. If I take you somewhere and go right now, you got to spit that. You're on, you're on point. You're on your game. If you want it that bad enough, then freestyling should come easy to you. As an R&B singer, if you want to be a singer, I need you to have confidence in yourself when you're singing. I don't need you to be uncertain. I don't need you to be unsure of yourself. You have to be able to sing and catch my attention to where I can be like, all right, if I had this in my, if I had this on Spotify, would I play this song again? Would I play this song? Cause I'm a big R&B head. So I would sit here and tell you, if I like an R&B song, I will play that shit in rotation more than Hot 97 plays rotation songs in the morning. So if you have a song that I like and you're singing it to me and I want to hear it, and I want to hear it and keep hearing it. Then you've got my intention. I'm bringing you to the table. So you so, got so then you got me. You got five. Let's see. You got five different auditions. Mm-hmm. Everybody raps. I'm gonna exclude the R&B people. Mm-hmm. You got five auditions. Everybody rap, and they all raps all sound the same, but have different energies. How are you different? Different them for with that one, but also like y'all. You might have potential. You might not. You might be good. How would you go about that? Five different five same rap styles. But different energies. How will what will make you go? All right, I need to see more from you, or more from you. Your, your your charisma. I need to know that with the energy that you're bringing, that you're gonna have a certain charismatic ability about you, that's gonna make me want to pick you over everybody else. If okay. you rapping the same, and we got three other guys rapping the same, but you bring a certain energy, a certain crowd control, a certain a certain charisma about you that will make me be like, okay, y'all all rap the same, but you look like you can control a crowd better than somebody else. You look like that if I put you on stage right now, that if a crowd booed you for the first 10 seconds, that by the, oh, by the minute mark, that crowd is standing up and giving you a standing ovation, then you got my attention. Because I've mm-hmm. seen it. Like, I've seen it on Apollo where dudes have gotten booed at the beginning, and by the time it's over, they're getting standing ovation. If you can do something like that, then you're you're definitely somebody who's worth getting a, a, a extra look at. All right. Now, I moved to R and B side. Like you said, we got to. Right, we got a few minutes, yeah, because I'm not getting paid. I'm not paying extra for this. Yeah. So we got like <laughs> last question. You got somebody on the R and B side, right? Mm-hmm. She come to you. She could sing her asshole, but she's not presentable. You know, some people eyes. You know, you you have because you know you know we, we in the era where looks is important. But you have this girl who could sing her ass off. You like, oh damn, your voice is spectacular. So now you want to sign her. So what mm-hmm. you would do is now, you know, but you feel like even though her voice is spectacular, she still needs development. Would you send her to artist development? Then act, and after that, would you invest in her? Absolutely. If you if you if we're gonna sit here and say, 
I want to sign somebody. Mm-hmm. But she don't look the part. Mm-hmm. Now, when you saying she don't look the part, what do you mean? Like she don't look the part? No, you know, because I, like I like I'll be online. And I tell you, I look online. I like, a, you know, you have people that can sing the asshole, but you have some people that yo, her body ain't right, her face ain't right, she don't know how to dress. As an A and all, and you see this person have a fucking, the, excuse my language, people, they have potential to be something great. How would you invest in her to make her that star, to make people overlook what, what they may seem is wrong with her, and to make her look like? You know the biggest star, the next Kelly Price. You know Jennifer Huston before she did the surgery and everything like that. Listen, I will sit here and tell you this. First of all, it starts with confidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> confidence and someone telling you that you can be something you are if other people believe that you're not. Yes. And darn that SpongeBob SquarePants body shit. We get that shit out of here. We're not doing that. Because me um, personally, and this is me personally, not. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've seen the biggest girls look like I've seen the biggest girls sing their ass off. Kelly Price is one of them. Kelly Price is one of those people who could catch my attention with her voice. And 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 if it asks me if I hear Kelly Price on the radio and she's singing her ass off and I see what she looked like in person, I don't give a fuck what she looked like in person. Mm-hmm. She can sing her ass off. To me, I'm I'm going to go buy a ticket to hear her voice, not for what she looked like. And honestly, that's one of the best answers you can have because. One thing about it, you have an artist that you have that, you know, you have that confidence in, because yeah, yeah, both gotta have that confidence in each other. Mm-hmm. She need confidence in herself, and you gotta give that confidence in yourself. Absolutely. So now, y'all gonna get past the part to where you're like, all right, I feel you got next, and we gonna we gonna definitely do this. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Never, and it's to everybody out there, never block your blessings because some someone might not look up the part to you. I'm not bringing, I'm not, if I bring, if I bring talent to somebody, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear, okay, what they look like. Okay. If I, if I play a song for you and you like, yo, she could sing and your mind and your first question is, what does she look like? Then you already lost half the battle. Because if you're going to sit here and tell me that you'd rather focus on somebody who looks a certain way before you hear the song, money Money can make you a lot more. Uh, a voice can make you a lot more money than looks could ever make you. See, but here's the thing about it, though. Like you know what you just said, and what Dawn just said too, just now. You have to ask what she looks like because, and it's not just from a standpoint as far as like, oh, she looked like this, like that. No, you have to ask because if you know you're about to sign this person, you know some things you need to work on. Exactly. You let your team know. All right, we gotta work on this. This is what it is. What she look like? Boom. Because at the end of the day, if you signed her, you got that much confidence. Confidence in that person. That's who you're working on. Mm-hmm. That's who's up next. Because mm-hmm. you don't want that. You don't want that person to sit on the side. Then they lose their confidence on. Oh my God, I, I don't look. I don't. I, they may not like how I look. I don't want. Now they don't want to sing. Now they discourage. Because mm-hmm. your and- job is to bring them up and encourage them to be the best they can regardless of how they look. Egg, absolutely. So at the end of the day, you have to help your artists achieve a certain level of confidence as much as they help it themselves achieve that confidence as well. But you have to be able to, you have to, I think for me, you have to also just always be on the same page with your talent. If you have to be honest with your talent, you have to tell them like, yo, maybe this is certain things we got to change about you. Um, 
it won't be too much, but this is what we suggest that we do. But yeah, she has a and on. That's what you, and you have to do it in a respectful way too, because you can't do it in a way where it's going to kill somebody's confidence in themselves. And that's true, because as a and all, then this is what you bring to your marketing team, your um, the president, the vice president. When when all those four people come together and realize this is what it is, I'm not going to say the president, because sometimes the vice president handles the president's role, what they got to do. When those three come together, the A&R, the marketing team, and the vice president, they realize this is who is up next, and everybody's on the same page, trust me, all that, the looks, whatever the case is, is going to be out the window, and next year, I'm going to have your next main star. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that being said, we are done for the night. Um, is, oh, well, one more thing. Um, me and Blacko are going to be guest hosts. On the alluring hour tomorrow night with the Allure, with the Allura show. So check us out. Um, I'm gonna put the flyer up. I'm not sure what time it is. I think it's 9:45. So um, just check us out for tomorrow night. We'll put the flyer up. You can hear that because she got check some good them. stuff she want to talk about too. Yeah, check them out in general, man. You know yeah, they've, they've been they've been rocking for a long time. They've been doing a one two thing. So make sure y'all check out the Lauren Hour, man. Absolutely. Right, we definitely your boys is on there tomorrow, so definitely, definitely give that a shout out. You know the same, the same views and you know energy I give us. Yo, bring that over there tomorrow night. Absolutely, and we'll have the link up for anybody who wants it. So, with that being said, we out and have a good night, y'all. All right, y'all.